This is Shaka Wart Speak. Is there anything I can do for you? For me? Nay. It is too late. But I have come for your sake, Ebenezer. Have you? Well, you always were a good friend. As part of my penance, I have been sent to warn you. And so you have. And to offer you a hope and chance of escaping my fate, you will be haunted by three spirits. Three spirits? Is that the chance of hope you mention? It is. So, we were visited by a ghost. Yep. The ghost of patience. Yeah. That was our first episode in yeah. our four-part series, A Christmas Carol Shaka Art Speak Style. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So welcome. Welcome. Unfortunately, Cody Spice is on call, so he's not here today. Yeah. Just I think he was scared. Us. I think he got scared. Scared of the ghost? Yeah, because the next ghost is the ghost of gratitude. Oh, yeah. If there's anybody that's scared of gratitude, Cody, Cody just screams. Cody's totally afraid. <laughs> scared he's totally scared. Yeah, I've never I've never experienced any gratitude. Um, to or from Cody's. So. Yeah. So this is, I just want to sing the Christmas music from the movie. All right, got it out of my system. Um, Merry Christmas yeah. to everybody listening. Yeah, for real. It's a, it's a great time of the year. Feliz Navidad. Hopefully One of my favorite songs. It's pretty good. Laura got a pillow that says Feliz Navidad on it, and I love it so much, except for the fact that it's a material that I cannot touch. Oh, yeah. So the material is basically singing MC Hammers, You Can't Touch This. Yeah. And the words are singing. The words, Fleece Navidad, are making me think, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Uh-huh. It's a tough little tension in my home right now with this fellow. Yeah. I've never seen it, so I can't fully. It's a velvet material. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's, like a, there's a kind of, there's certain materials. I, I have, like, sensory things. I cannot, like, my hands are drying out thinking about it. Oh, does it just, it, like, feels mm. too much? Oh, it feels, mm, yeah, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. So anyhow, so she got it for me because she loves me. Yeah. And it's a hilariously great find. Mm-hmm. And it's bittersweet because it's just she got it at Blue Streak. Yeah, I think I think it's at Blue Streak. She'll correct me if I'm wrong there, but but yeah. So that's that's that. That's a brain debris for you. Yeah, it is. That's and we're di- we're continuing on, and we'll be visited by another ghost today, the ghost of gratitude, and then it'll we'll move on to some other ghosts that are coming next week. Yeah, it's great because we um you know um, Goaty Goderson. <laughs> we uh you know we probably mentioned this before. Um, but like my family reads uh, Christmas Carol every year. Mm-hmm. So this morning, I uh, even read some of it. Um, and so it's just nice because this is a great conversation, a great way to kind of encapsulate the conversation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the ghost of gratitude. And there's a lot of ways you can think about it, right? I mean, the ghost that visits Scrooge in A Christmas Carol, like they come uh, out of his um, lack, mm-hmm. right? So the ghosts are there. Um, not as a way to like poke a finger at the lack, but they're the, the, the reason that they exist in the first place is because the lack is there. Yeah. All right. So I think that's a, that's a, that's a good kind of uh, point to be there, but also they don't come as a way to like condemn him. Right. Yeah. These ghosts come as a way to say, Hey, there's, there's, there's places, there's ways forward. Like seeing so that's interesting. I say they come, they don't come to condemn him then, but they do condemn him by their existence. Yes. Cause what it does is it creates a space where there's a, um, there is there is the existence of the ghost. There's the agency of um, Scrooge, mm-hmm. and there's an oughtness. Yeah, I ought do this. I ought not do that. Right. So the oughtness is the space where condemnation can occur because if, like, if Scrooge doesn't change, mm-hmm. he is condemned. Right, right, right. By virtue of their, by the evidence of their existence. Yes. Which which solidifies that whatever internal oughtness is wrestling within you has an externalized confirmation. Yes. There actually is some kind of moral law written on your heart. Like you probably shouldn't be this way. So the tension is how how uh, his, you know, we always say you can't choose what you haven't seen. Mm-hmm. He, he's He's been given a heightened... Um, time condent- condensing experience of like choose this and this may be your future right don't choose it and this will be your future so he's yeah. been, he's, he's been given like a collapsed uh time has been collapsed into an experience where he has a chance to make a choice he's put in a really interesting position 
And um, I, I'm going to tangent super quick. Okay, cool. So I read an article today about a phenomenon with people seeing Avatar and becoming depressed. Like post. I, yeah, James Cameron, I get it. Yeah, I know, right? So post, but post, so the vividness of the world is so beyond this one in their minds that it landed people in like su- like suicidal thoughts and depression hmm. because when they see their own world, it seems to be so much less than the world they're in. So this, so here's this like idealized fiction world. Yeah. Um, was landing certain people in condemnation, even though that's not the goal. Yeah, but the yeah. presence of something more, I'm not a big fan of the film, but I'm just saying for the sake of argument because I just mm-hmm. see the article, the presence of something more is putting people's agency in a heightened state of opportunity. Yeah. Um, and it exposes something about the uh, internal weaknesses of, of, of us at times mm-hmm. where we're too weak to choose um, what's best. Right, right. So it's interesting. So... So I want to, you know, we're talking about gratitude and, um, well, I don't know. I don't want to go any further. Do you, you had, you had a thought. Yeah, I was going to say, I think, you know, and, and, and I get that, right. I mean, I think, um, you know, uh, my, my opinions of, of James Cameron's career, uh, aside, um, you know, you take something like, like Avatar and, you know, I think it works in kind of the same sort of way, right? Like it, it's not depressing you, but it's, it's exposing what is already there. Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, it's just heightening the knowledge that you have and maybe some sort of like implicit tacit sort of way. And it's actually building it up um, mm-hmm. to be like, no, this is, this, this probably is more, you're probably understanding it better. It is a crucible mm-hmm. in which these things can, right. be, can be actually played out a bit stronger. But I think that one of the things um, that I love is I love the scene uh, with the ghost of Christmas present. Um, with uh, Scrooge's nephew. Mm-hmm. I've always loved that because Scrooge's nephew is able to kind of poke fun at him mm-hmm. being this just like sad guy. But at the end of it, he's like, I want to drink to his health. Mm-hmm. And here's the deal. At the end of the day, the only person he's really bothering or ruining is himself. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's a that's a huge kind of thing to take from it as well. Because if you if, if you were to sit out there and say, oh, the you know, all these, these stupid ghosts y'all are talking about, like uh, if, if I'm if I even cared about this stuff within my, my career or practice or, or my personal life, like who even cares? And it's like, that that's fine. Like these are, these are for our personal benefits. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not something that we performatively do so somebody else can benefit, but it mm-hmm. really is one of those things where it's like you could, you know, gratitude is wonderful as a community expression, mm-hmm. um, but it does have to start with the individual. Yeah. So and, the idea is that it's like, even if you're, so I mean, because like that's the inner, not to, that's the inner tension of the film though. I was telling my kids this or the story. Um, sorry, my brain's on the films. We just watched, watched one of them. And uh, so when, when the cousin is like, they have like pity on him mm-hmm. or the nephew, right? The nephew yeah, yeah. has pity on him. But then you get the, larger implications the pre- that's the presence mm-hmm. but the ghost of christmas future mm-hmm. sees the larger implications of the same scenario so he enlarges it to like Scrooge is hurting himself to like actually you have been denying you, the wealth that you possess right has atrophied society around you yeah. and you are it, you are responsible. And well, the they, implication is with Tiny Tim. like Right, right, right. Right. So, well, and they hinted that with, uh, even within the text, it says something like, uh, at the end, he's like, yeah, because his his uh, nephew's wife is like, oh, he he's rich, or at least yeah. that's what you've told me. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, yes, he definitely is, but that will never reach us. And mm-hmm. in the text, that's us right. is capitalized. Yep. Right. So it is like a, it, it's even larger. There, it's a corporate, it's a larger corporate, corporate idea. Yeah, that's right. right? It, it, it personifies the us into yeah. a larger body. Um, so it is there. So it's not to, I'm not saying to like deny all of that. Yeah. But I am saying like at the, at the very Well, no, least, I mean, you're making the point. It's, 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 <laughs> it's the, it's the, what you're talking about or what we're, what is alluded is that there is an order an ordering yeah. that is restorative. And when it's restored, the um, magnitude of mm-hmm. priority prioritizing correctly has manifold implications for more people that are outside of your control, but are affected by your stewardship or your, your actions. Yes. Yeah. You're, uh, you know, um, you know, John, what John Don, he said he was uh, no man's an Island mm-hmm. to himself. Um, and, you know, even though we have in like modern and postmodern society, I think, 
created systems of thought and ideologies in which we uh, can justify the uh, I am an island mm -hmm. sort of thing. Like it just doesn't exist. Everybody touches somebody in uh, different ways. So these things um, at its most um, intimate level will impact you directly but it's in their indirect mm -hmm. impacts impacts excuse me are going to be like manifold yeah you can't it's like beyond what it allows us to know the value of our work extends the um sort of the range of our own agency yeah. as an individual so it's like there's a paradox there like there's a ripple effect it's just scales into something greater um when it does right that we can't see but also like you know it's like not to bleed in but it's like and it's kind of like um, uh, it's a wonderful life gives you that. Yeah, it's yeah. like the absence of um, George. Mm -hmm. As a George, my brain's um, yeah, yeah. So the, his absence is mm -hmm. it George? Why is my brain thinking? Um, well, it, this the absence of that character exposes far more um, George Bailey. Yeah, you got me down this. Thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's George Bailey, I think. Yeah, right? yeah. Look it up. I, I don't know why my brain is like. I love this movie. How am I having this moment? But I, I'm having a moment. Yeah. So, um, the, even the app, like the mun, what what looks like, oh, it's just this mundane life, and he's mm -hmm. failing at all of his aspirations, and yet, and he's 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 not grateful, right? Because he can't see it, and so he doesn't know. And he and he kind of is. He just has a moment of breakdown where he's like, I've just had a you know. And he can't see all that exists in the state that it does because he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. I mean, he's in, he's, it's like, um, it's one of the best, it's, it's just one of the best stories. I, you can't get at the human condition in some ways better than that story in some ways for me, but there's yeah. a lot of great stories, but it's just so good. And that's the thing is so like, we're talking about gratitude and I mentioned it earlier, but someone, somebody smart said that, um, Recently, somebody came out and said that the problem with the world right now is that everybody is envious. Mm, and and yeah, so yeah. that envy is destroying society. Cause, and so if, if you're envious, that means you have no gratitude. You're not grateful for anything. And if you're not grateful for anything, you're working to, to become grateful. Mm -hmm. So that means that everything you do to become grateful is subject to your dissatisfaction. Yeah. And that means that you're entitled and that means you're inclined to miss all the ways that what you do as a person um, is affecting other people. So like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So like just the way you um, set up your studio and, you know, just the way you interact with the art store or whatever you do, like whatever that is, man, like there's all these little, little pieces to, to life that are like just unfolding seamlessly and are consequential and when we make when we exist out uh, in in ingratitude mm -hmm. as lame as this sounds um you will miss your whole life yeah and it will have eternal like it'll have enduring consequences but so you'll right. just miss it you won't be able to see the value of what you're doing or what you've been given um no matter how little that is to start with like um and I know this flies in the face of like a kind of conversation on, on every, everybody having the same thing, like mm -hmm. a kind of equity conversation, but, um, reality doesn't start on a flat line. Like that's not what's happened. Yeah. The state of affairs as it's happened is something really complex, really messy and, um, paradoxical at, at, at least mm -hmm. as far as like intense joys and struggles and like, I mean, people with uh, grossly different capacities mm -hmm. to do things, yes, things that I have to work at and barely get by on other people are like, you're a moron. This is a given for me. How can you not do this? And it's like, because we, we don't have the distribution of capacities is very different per person. Mm -hmm. um, and so ingratitude will have us fighting, which is oh, what yeah. we're doing. Oh yeah, hundred you know. percent. And I think that's why it's you know it's good to have the conversation of like the personal and corporate mm -hmm. um, as this because all of them have those aspects to that, mm -hmm. right? Where it's like, um, and I but I think with something like gratitude, we could very easily miss the personal aspect of that because yeah. we could hear gratitude and be like, oh, I need to tell other people thank you more often. Yeah, that's not it. And it's like, it's it's not it. It's part of it, mm -hmm. um, but it's definitely not the whole thing because you know it's. Um, you know, if, if I don't, if I don't value anything, 
Mm -hmm. then I'm never going to be able to tell you thank you for anything. I'll never value you giving it to me or having it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if if I can't understand that first and foremost, right? So we have these conversations where it's like if you have have no like confidence or self-esteem or you can't understand your self-worth, then you're never going to treat other people like they Mm -hmm. have it either because it's difficult for us to act outside of our experience. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that in the sense of like we can only do things, we can only be intersectional or whatever, but... Mm -hmm. What I mean is that I can't, I can't understand things I can't understand. Mm-hmm. So when we, um, when we, when we talk about something like gratitude, uh, I think it's hugely important to remember that it, it it does start from a personal place of like being grateful for the things you have yes. in whatever volume in, or capacity, yeah, that whatever is. state that is. Because that's the thing we started with patience, and so patience lands you with a proper sense of hope yeah. because you're, you know, so these are all these all go together. So it's like we. You know, you have patience, and patience is a way of of expressing active hope, mm-hmm. um, because you're in a a state of of I'm not entitled, I'm waiting. Yeah, and in and that wait, everything is not pressure kegged to like right. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then you move into gratitude, and it's like as a as an understanding, and then um, how you know you're ungrateful as you're quick to be bitter for other people having success that you don't believe they deserve or yeah. that they, you think you're better than them. Um, you know, you, you cannot, you're unsettled in what you've been given in your life. Mm-hmm. And I know we always do these like weird isms where it's like, well, if you just got to go for it, you got to live, um, you know, you got to, you got to embrace being unsettled. It's all about being, I'm never satisfied. Like all these kind of cliches athletes saying, yeah. and it's like, you're, you're being inoculated with the veneer that's, that doesn't deal with the heart of humanity very well at all. And so, you know, patience deals with hope and gratitude, uh, brings about peace. So, so, um, so you have patience relates to hope. Uh, it's, it's like, um, so it's like, uh, if you said patience grounds, hope, gratitude grounds, peace, hmm. um, and peace is the presence of, a kind of satisfaction yeah, yeah. that is operating not out of want. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's tough. I grew up a tough life, so it's tough to say that and always apply it well. But um, but it is important to kind of get a picture from these this kind of visitor, if you will, this um, in this Advent season, mm-hmm. um, uh, Christmas season, and and being given a solid picture of what a being maybe should look like yeah. and how that could revolutionize the outworking of a being such as one who has perfect peace, hope, gratitude, patience, like, like those ghosts come as an ideal, yeah. um, you know, uh, to give you a perspective on yourself, to get mm-hmm. some clarity. Cause a lot of us don't, don't, we miss, we misunderstand what our first problem is. Mm-hmm. And so we assume that we're entitled to something. And if we just had the thing we're entitled to, well, then all this other stuff would follow. And um, I don't think you, I, I don't think, I think that's a carousel you can never get off, like I mentioned earlier in the yeah. last episode. Well, I think, you know, another thing is, you know, we, we tend to paint with very large brushes mm-hmm. and very broad strokes, but we also tend to be, uh, as much as we like to say otherwise, our culture is very, very black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we are not happy about nuance because you can't get it in like a 30 second reel. Yeah. I can't let you know in however many X number of characters or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we have this blunted understanding of how things work. And so somebody might hear a lot of stuff we're saying about like gratitude and be like, oh, so you want me to just like be content, like just like sit back and just be fine with whatever my situation is. Mm-hmm. Like, no, that's, 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 uh, that's a problematic approach to this Yeah, to say, I can't be grateful for something because that'll make me lazy Yeah, or like, you know, you're talking about these athletes that are like, you know, you know, nothing's good enough and I'm never mm-hmm. there and I'm always striving. Like striving is one thing. Mm-hmm. Another thing is to know that you're striving within the bounds that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like, um, I don't know if I'm a, you know, you know, uh, I if I were sitting here as as me right now, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm never good unless uh, you know, in 50 years I've got a show at MoMA mm-hmm. that's my work. Well, I, I mean, cool, but why would that make any sense within the context of what I'm doing, what yeah. I think, what I like? 
what I'm uh, striving for, right? It just doesn't make sense. Um, but we tend to do this mm-hmm. and we tend to say those giant marks are the things that are there. And I'll be grateful when I hit those marks. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, that when we talk about gratitude, like I can be thankful for what I have. Like in the spring, I'll be thankful for a handful of a few seeds that'll grow into tomato plants. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to assume that those handful of seeds are going to make me a hundred acre farm. Mm-hmm. So having a right proper understanding allows me to strive within the the constraints and confines of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean that everything has to be uh, like astronomical. Yeah, I think it's I think it's like a it's like when you're only focused on what you don't have, you it's really hard for you yes. to see what you do have, and what you do have is what moves you in directionally. It's like one of my favorite stories. I'm not going to I'm going to try to paraphrase it. Um, that I've heard is a, uh, this guy talking about his dad and his, um, I've shared this story with you before, so I'm gonna keep it brief, but long story short is they live in Idaho, I think. And his dad, their house burns down. It's true. You know, it's oh, a dang. true story. Yeah. House burns down and the son is working with his dad and they're just like shoveling and leveling gravel. And it's also all they have at this point is tools and some gravel. They had to clear the rubble and on their property and they're going to rebuild their house, you know, but they don't have any resources yet. So, so they're just working the land, just working the gravel. Mm -hmm. And I can never remember exactly how I said it, but the son's just like, dad, it can't get any more level than this. Like, why are we doing this? And his dad looked at him and his dad held his hands up and basically said like a prayer to God. And he was like, um, we are so grateful for the opportunity to work this land. And when you're ready, we are willing. And he said like, when or if you're ready to give us more to be responsible with, we are, re- we are willing. Mm-hmm. And after he said that, they continued to like work the land. And so it was like this incredible, it's really happened. And so what's crazy about that is that guy ended up building a house, then he built a school, then he built a college. Um, and and uh, so it's it, what I'm trying to say, though, is like in that moment when like what makes a man deeply grateful at the loss of everything. Yeah, yeah. To where he can like lead his son to work what's left, which is the gravel. <laughs> and here's And here's what's interesting about it. There's like a college now. And if, it, I mean, it's a really, I mean, that's just one story. Like there's a ton. Yeah. Um, and so I don't think it's easy to do that. Um, I don't think it's easy. I was telling someone last night, I'll say, I never, I mean, I'll just go and I'm just going personal anecdotal here. Like as these are examples. So like, um, you know, my story with my dad is pretty, um, you know, a lot of folks that know me know, know it, but we became close later in life. And he's a pretty, he's like a plumber. He's a pretty, pretty, um, pretty straight shooter. Yeah, he is. You know, yeah, he's a straight shooter. So, you know, he had a, a car accident. He's in his seventies and, um, his wife is somewhere there. Yeah. It's a couple years ago. Oh, okay. So he, he got, they got crushed. Oh, dang. And, um, he, he's in a daze. He looks over and his wife is covered in blood. Oh, She's dang. out and she just recovered from cancer. Dang. So I'm not putting his, his life on blast, but he, um, so he's telling me, you know, and I said, and I kind of already knew what he was going to say, mm-hmm. but I was like, I was like, what did you say? What was your first response, man? What did you do? He goes, I thanked God for, and I asked him gratefully, what did you have for me today? And he says, I got out of the car and I just kept thinking, God asking him, what do you have for me today? I am grateful. And he ran around, true story, he ran around the car and, and then like had to tend to his wife until thankfully she came back too. And I was like, that is, so like, you know, there's a point where my dad was homeless. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that's a person that has had the foundation brought to nothing. And he operates out of gratitude and like, and like, I believed him. I was like, I don't think he was like not afraid, but he went to the source of life in such a way that gratitude flooded out the banks of his fear and it put him in a position to respond in the best possible light. 
And then like they, you know, they lost their cars, a new car. And then, and then um, you know, uh, he's just like the ultimate optimist and a friend buys him a brand new car. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, there's, there's so crazy. many, um, so many subsequent actions, but that's just a vivid picture that I can't shake. Cause I'm like, I've known him enough to know that like, that's not what I would do. Mm-hmm. I would be, you know, wrecked yeah, yeah. in the wreck, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, I don't want to be like that. I want to be grateful. Um, yeah, there's a, I forget who said this. Um, but there was a, an author one time who talked about time mm-hmm. and they said that, uh, you know, you have four periods of time that we generally understand, which is the past, present, the future, and then eternity. Mm-hmm. So, so there is uh, there are the things that have happened. There are the things that are currently happening. There are the things that will happen. And then there is the full culmination of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are just general categories. And so uh, he was walking through kind of these things and explaining them. And he said, you know, the, the past is gone and we can do nothing about it. So we can experience that as an unreal thing. The future is not here and I cannot do anything about it. So I can experience that as an unreal thing. So then the last two categories I have are now an eternity. And he said, and the good thing about that is I can then look at my life and say, what am I doing now? And how can it impact the larger picture of mm-hmm. all things? And I've always loved that as a way to kind of break down things. Because what it does is it allows you to say, yeah, that thing that just happened sucked. Mm-hmm. Or the situation I got into is not great. Mm-hmm. But what do I have right now? Yeah. What, have you what been do given? I have right now? If you thought of it as something of what have you been trusted with? What have you been given? What mm-hmm. can you do with it? Yes. Not, and it's a challenge. It shrinks you down and it puts you, it's like a lot of our woes about what we make and all that stuff would just dissipate into like a fart cloud. You'd be like, this 100%. is dumb. Because I mean, at the end Why of the day, about this? the two places we tend to leave live are in the past and the future. Yeah, we don't we don't tend to live now. Yeah, and you know, but gratitude is one of those things that is not in the past yeah. or the future. Yeah, like yeah. I might look back and be thankful for what I still have, sure, or what I've come through. But all that is still contingent upon the present. Yeah, it's contingent upon you in the in the present. And so the yeah. the the thing that I think is really helpful about. Um, about kind of pitting all of these things together. I mean, mm-hmm. if you take those those stories uh, from people you've known and experienced, if you take this idea of time, you take all this together, then you look at it and you say, well, everything that has happened so far has, has gotten you to a place that is right mm-hmm. now, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And we all have the choice in every moment to be grateful for the things we have mm-hmm. with, a, with a, like open hands mm-hmm. and a heart that says, hey, I could do with this stuff. Or we have the choice to sit there and say, oh, this is terrible. He's mm-hmm. an old phrase to be down in the mouth. Yeah. Right. And just be like, oh, this is bad. I can't do anything with it. But the thing is, is like gratitude will send you in a different direction uh-huh. than being down in the mouth. Right. Because the second option, if we're just, uh, you know, inconsolable about this and just it's such a hard thing, it's terrible. Well, then I can tell you what your next present moment is going to be like. It's going to be exactly the same. Mm-hmm. It's not going to change. Mm-hmm. But with gratitude, with an understanding of what there is, what I have been given or entrusted, uh, I can sit there and say, well, I have a choice to do something with this. Mm-hmm. I also have the choice to squander it, yeah. right? So you see this kind of tree of op- uh, opportunities or possibilities where the present moment says you can be grateful or not. If you're not, then you continue on the same path in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. If you are grateful, then you have the choice of what do I do or what do I not do? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, and the choice of what do you do opens up a myriad options. Mm-hmm. What do I not do? It just sends you back to the other side of ungratitude. Yeah. It works sort of the same yeah. way. Gratitude with no action is like non-gratitude. And yeah. so I think there's a lot of, a lot of those sort of things. And, and what's nice about it is that it, this is the time of year where it becomes a little easier for us to kind of take a personal inventory of sorts mm-hmm. uh, in this space. And like, what, what do you have? Like, you know, it was cold as crap last night. You know, and if you were in a warm bed, you got a lot. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. like it's. If you could pull blankets over your body, that's yeah. a lot. If you could pull. Even if you were on. a little cold, a little mm-hmm. colder than you liked, but still not out there. Yeah. In the elements like that's huge. You know, like, um, do you have a job that you're going to right now in this trash economy? That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, whatever yeah, that may be. A lot of people be. losing jobs. You know, um, yeah. is it, 
you know, do you have, do you have a friend that you can go grab some food or a beer with mm -hmm. after work? That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. You know, do you have a, do you have somebody that if you were in a really just had a bad day, you could talk to those things are huge. And that's just a few things, you know, and then we start getting into things about like uh, talents, abilities, skills, desires, passions, proclivities. Uh, those are massive too. Like, yeah. do you, do you wake up in the morning and can't shake the, the, the feeling or need to make something mm -hmm. to be creative? Like those are amazing and wonderful things. Like, you know, do you have any sort of materials you can use? I mean, all of these things, like if you start really cataloging and looking at like mm -hmm. what you can be grateful for, the list does not get smaller the longer you go. Yeah. yeah. You yeah, don't yeah. get to a Regardless. point where you're like, I've categorized all of these and mm -hmm. I've got the proper cataloging of them. It just keeps expanding. Yeah. It just, and it puts more, the tough part is it puts more responsibility on you. You know, it makes yeah. it, it makes it a little more like, oh, um, it just puts responsibility in your hands. It takes yeah. away some of the the mythos of being an artist and it flips it on his head because then you're not making out of pain and suffering and fear all the time. It's like, a, um, yeah, it's funny. I was, I have no idea why I'm telling you this, but I had a friend of ours, Jared, tell me about this cartoonist who did, did this like picture. Like he does these like connects like eighties films through these cartoons. Yeah. And like he had, was it Artreyu? What's the horse? What's the Atreyu. horse? Yeah, Atreyu. Yeah, and, and, um Never any story. Yeah. So, Atreyu. Yeah. So Atreyu sinks, right? Yeah. In despair. Uh-huh. Right? They had the same choice. They went through the same experience. Mm -hmm. And what's the boy's name? Um, oh, my gosh. Is, is, the, is he Atreyu in the cor the horse's cortex or vortex or something like that? Or Man. Artex? <laughs> I forget, dude. Uh, that's good. Um, I don't know. Keep going. We'll, so, we'll catch it. Um, in the cartoon or in this drawing, this collage, the boys betray you. Yeah, the boys betray you, and the horse is like something text, like um, yeah, yeah, it's like is. cortex or something like that, or no vortex idea. or hort, uh, something like that. Um, I, I can't believe I'm forgetting this. This is like a common occurrence now. But <laughs> in the cartoon, though, Yoda, you know, Yoda lifts the spaceship Luke's ship out of the swamp. Mm -hmm. So in the never in this never ending story, he's Yoda shows up in the swamp and he lifts the horse out of the swamp, and I'm like, that's amazing. Actually, there's a lot of poetry in that. This colliding of worlds. There's the nothing and despair, and you know, Artreya is like blind hope. Artex. Artex. Yeah, I knew it was something like that. And then so, um, so I was like, that's a kind of a little brilliant stroke of cartoon poetry where Yoda shows up yeah. from his own swamp, and then he 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 lifts out of the swamp what can't lift itself out of the swamp yeah that's so, just something something nice about that another another side note just a bit of brain debris for you um if you love the movie never any story and you've never read the book please go read the book it is phenomenal um let me say my wife does not like the movie but is absolutely adores the book because the book is fan fantastic and also the author of the book said that the movie was trash yeah he was like i hate this yeah I'll never I do it again I, I love the movie yeah it hits a certain it, uh, space a, yeah i'm that kid so when yeah, you're yeah. the kid when you're you know there's a sweet spot with age the other thing that um is completely i don't this is a really preformed thought so i it's not fleshed out at all uh -huh. but i was driving last night and we were you know, we got Christmas, so follow me on this. Like, this is just my recollect, my observation, and I'm not saying it hasn't already been observed. But so I'm, I'm thinking, you know, it's like from 47, dude. Uh, you know, um, it's got got some time this, in. This right? is your observation. This is my observation. It's like it's <laughs> taking me this long to like yeah, put yeah. the dots together. And uh, you know, Shaco's produced a Christmas album. We're we're in the mix. By the way, you should go check it out. Spotify. That's right. Ken Gilbertson. The Ken Gilbertson band. Yeah, shameless plug, but. Shout out to Ken. Um, <laughs> driving, it's night. There are houses that are lit and there are houses that are not lit. So yeah. Follow me on this. Uh -huh. And they're lit in a way where there's agreement. What I mean by that is like there's gross variation. People doing it all differently. And I'm just kind of like, man, I dig up. People are lighting their houses differently. Now, follow oh, me like on Christmas lights. Christmas lights. Yeah, People yeah. are, you know, more lights, less lights. But there's like that there's light mm -hmm. is a strong uniter. Yeah, yeah. In the darkness. Makes sense. Okay. Then you're in your car and Christmas music is playing. 
And something I like, I was like, why is people can make jokes and go, oh gosh, Christmas music. But and we're playing it everywhere because people do like Christmas music. There's a, oh yeah, there's an undeniability to like the effect of Christmas music on the average person. It's just, it is. I don't care what people say. Yeah. So, so here's what I'm driving at. You have Christmas music. Now, why does Christmas music work? Well, it doesn't work just unto itself. It's because it works unto the season. Well, what's the season include? Mm-hmm. Well, the season is about very particular things, right? Mm-hmm. But also, people in agreement adorn their homes with light yeah, and decorations mm-hmm. and the music tracks with the decorations. Yeah. So like you have the music internally pressing into you and then you have the lights external to you and it's adorning diversity of architecture and you have uh, um, a season of enlarged accordance between sound and music and that which is visual mm-hmm. in all of it is culminating and pointing towards the same reality. Yeah. And in that sense, it is very good mm-hmm. and it resonates people and people build culture on it. They build more of it and it works mm-hmm. into where you like, you, you see what I'm tracking with? Yeah. Like there's so much agreement and yet there's still all this difference. It's not like you can go, oh, you've seen, you know, people decorate their houses differently. And I know I'm just talking about kitsch stuff like Christmas stuff, but I'm saying there's an, un- so like, as I'm driving through the neighborhood, there's no house with no lights, no judgment on the house with no lights. I'm just trying to say that it's like the houses with lights are the, are a metaphor for the people of gratitude. Mm-hmm. But also this is a picture, I think, of what building culture could look like in a far deeper sense. Where, where the music reaches out for the architecture mm-hmm. and the adornments of the shared values of the neighbor. And, and in chorus, everything coalesces around the meaning of, of what Christmas is. It's, a, it's an incredible picture and like foretaste of what I think society should be like, actually. Yeah. Um, and it's not, um, in, it's not embattled. It's not, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's like, oh, like, cause you know, otherwise like you go and Lord knows I love music of all kinds, mm-hmm. but, um, and I'm not saying we all have to play the same thing every time. So don't hear it the wrong way. I'm saying in a much more demanding way, I suspect we've fallen grossly short of what we could be doing. Mm-hmm. And we are living more the way George Bailey, the, the way George Bailey exists because he wished he wasn't there. Yeah. And we haven't actually seen the world that could be if we were tending to what we've been given. Yeah. And what I'm trying to say is um, a, a shadow, a phantom of that exists when you drive down the street with Christmas music playing in your car and somehow it connects really well with strangers who have adorned their homes with Christmas lights. The idea that there is a unitedness that enculturates a look, a feel, a sense that is uh, intuitively agreed upon and is actually foundation and wedded by a real meaning, mm-hmm. and it's and it's adorning the dark. It's yeah. interesting, man. There's a lot. There's a lot there. Like I, I have to sit on this because I was just thinking it last night quickly, and so it's the first time I've really tried to talk, like say anything about what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. So I have to like go back and digest this and like parse it out. I might write something. Um, well, I like. I'm- I, I like all that. I like what you're, what you're saying and how like, um, like there, cause each of those, each of those homes, it's like a simple gift, right? Nobody's having to bear the burden of everything. With yeah. That, right. Some so, people just got a few lights. Some people got a lot. It, it's like, yeah, like they're, they're all in course. I got my 250 white lights on my house or whatever yeah. and it's all good. And then you got somebody who's like Clark Griswold yep. lit up from the whole street. Yeah. Like that's all great. Like, you know, I don't think anybody's complaining about that. Yeah. Right. Um, and you know, if that house with a few lights, you know, throughout the years gets more and more, that's great. They do what they do with what mm-hmm. they got. Um, it's all helpful. But I think the other thing about that is, um, so during 2020, uh, we put our Christmas lights up like in October mm-hmm. and we did it because, uh, you know, I don't know if y'all remember 2020, but it yeah. sucked. So I was like this, this Christmas spirit, this, this, this holistic spirit sort of, of thing. Like I, I, I need more of this. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is like once I put it up on my block within, you know, had a few neighbors that are like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, Hey, we need it this year. Yeah. But 
before Thanksgiving, we had two or three other people on the block doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like there was something about that, the like simple gift of what we can do, mm-hmm. what we got, what we can work with that like other people were attracted to. And I think gratitude is really similar to that mm-hmm. because like, um, I mean, if, if you could, outside of any sort of like deep cynicism mm-hmm. that you've been maybe uh, a part of or prone to, um, the idea of gratitude, like it really is attractive to other people. Yeah. Like most people are not going to be like, you know what, uh, an ungrateful, uh, boorish person is the kind of person I like to be around. Most of them aren't because because gratitude is one of those things that, um, just like we talked about with the ghosts at the beginning, they're indicative of something larger. Like mm-hmm. if you're if you're ungrateful, that's indicative of a larger kind of character. Yeah, where gratitude is also indicative of a larger kind of character. Um, so gratitude is one of those things that attracts people and brings people in, mm-hmm. and is really great and wonderful. Um, and so it's it, you know all of these things help to grow. So like, um, we can create more of that kind of helpful space. Something you said earlier, you're talking about uh, the responsibility. Um, and I wanted to kind of circle back around to that. Talking about the responsibility that gratitude kind of puts on us. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting thing there, though, is that with responsibility, you have you actually have the ability to have a response, mm-hmm. right? So the lack of responsibility means you don't, you can't respond. Mm-hmm. All right. So sorry, I'm just being like dumb with this word association stuff. But so responsibility, I can respond. I have the ability to respond to this thing. Right. And so with that, what I get to do is I get to have a bit more, uh, not control, but like agency in what I'm doing. Right. So with gratitude, I can have a role in that. Whereas otherwise, all I'm doing is just stress, anxiety, Mm -hmm. just all this sort of stuff, because I'm not I'm not taking what I have and doing something with it through that responsibility. Instead, I'm kind of pushing it off and it's just becoming this ball of stress and anxiety in my Mm -hmm. life. And I think it's important because when we talk about um you know, the, the fact that, um, gratitude produces peace. Some people might be like, well, what's the connection there? Mm -hmm. I'm just like, well, I think it's that responsibility bit. Mm -hmm. Gratitude does require some responsibility, but that responsibility means that the agency is there that helps to reduce that anxiety and stress that we might feel of not having any control over what's going on. Mm -hmm. You do have some level of control, but it's only contingent upon the amount you've been given at yeah. the time to work with. Yeah, yeah. And your gratitude is the acknowledgement of that amount. So all of these things step themselves out into a really good systematic understanding of like, yeah, the connection between um, the actual gratitude and peace is is easily seen there. Mm-hmm. If you understand that, that middle ground is that kind of responsibility mm-hmm. that allows you to do something with it. Yeah. So it's not that you're just saying, hey, thanks, cool. You know, like a sample at Costco as you're walking through the store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But instead, it's like, a, hey, here's this. Now I can do with it. Right. Now I can make with it. I can create. I can connect. I can build. I can do a number of things. Uh, it's not just saying, yep, there it is. That's the thing. Here you go. Um, you know, in the same way that my kids, I give them gifts at Christmas. And part of the intention is not that they just disappear onto the porch or in their room or the yard to do stuff with it, but they play with each other. Right, that mm-hmm. they they have toys, they have ways to interact with other people. That they bring their friends over and they hang out and they show them this stuff. Right, mm-hmm. so all of these gifts that we have, all the things that we can be grateful grateful for and show gratitude for, um, are things that open up new possibilities and new options for what we have going forward. Yeah, I would say a way to take inventory is to like Laura writes down like things that we hope for, pray for, ask for things we're thankful for. And she just puts like on little cards, she writes stuff down year after year, day after day, like a line or two for each day. When you start doing this, it's like, it's hard to track how life moves. You know, it's like shorthand journaling. Mm -hmm. So, so what's nice is to come back to these cards and you can see how prayers have been answered. Actions have been taken. Things have grown. And no matter how much you're keeping an eye on this, you never can, you can't totalize it. It's just too difficult. So like sometimes just like write down things you wish were different or, and and see where you can find, um, things to be thankful for and externalize it, get it outside of your head. Just write down a line, like just bullet point. I'm, I'm terrible. This kind of thing. So like right as a bullet point, I'm saying minimal, 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 just keep them, just put it away. Uh, um, so, so, um, so anyhow, uh, 
I think like baby stepping it out mm-hmm. um, is really helpful, but it, it not asking too much. Just do it and put it away and keep it. And then go back and look after a few years. See see what is um, see what's changing. Mm-hmm. So um, sorry, I'm getting a weird message right now. So my brain just like did a skip. Yeah, but yeah. Um, gratitude. Uh, I think what I wanted to allude to is just that there is a culture that can be made. Yeah. That is not discordant. I think we've had enough discord. I think I'm tired of discord. I think I'm tired of very tired of it. Uh dehumanizing. Um you know, there's just things that I just I I think, listen, we've lived long enough to see that uh, the slippery slope on a lot of stuff. And people go, that's a slippery slope argument on this or that. And it's like, well, now we're living in the full uh full measure of what uh you know 20, 30, 40, 60 years ago, slippery slope. Mm-hmm. We're living that out now, and it's just time to have like, a, a, it's time to just stand up and in sort of be a light. Yeah, yeah, right. Like adorn yourself in the light. Like actually sing in chorus with others that are singing the same song, mm-hmm. and and uh, be hopeful for people. Be at peace so people can see peace. Be at rest so people can see rest. Point to where that hope, peace, and rest come from. Um, it should make people want to know, like, why are you patient? You know, like, why do you have hope? Why are you grateful? Mm-hmm. And, and in all of that, you seem to have peace. And what flows out of that is is uh, life. So, um, I mean, we still have we still have a couple more ghosts to come that have to help us put this together. But um, I think uh, taking inventory is a place to start. No, it totally is. And, and my wife does a similar thing. She has this really cool book. It's like a five-year journal. Mm-hmm. And so it goes through all 365 days of the year, 366 technically. Uh-huh. And um, it has lines for each each year. So, you, you know, whenever you start it, you just got five years forward. Mm-hmm. And so the nice thing about it is she'll just make little notes in this. So we'll go to bed at night. She'll do her, make her little notes about like what we did that day, just mm-hmm. some recollections of the day. And so... It's fantastic because, you know, you like lose track of time. Like time becomes a really impermanent, weird thing the older you get and the more stuff you're doing. And so, you know, you may have no concept of how long it's been since X kind of monumental thing happened Mm -hmm. in your life. You might be like, oh, that was a few months ago. And it's like, oh, it was actually 27 months ago, you know, or like, oh, that was years ago. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, it was three months ago. Yeah. You know, we lose track of these things. So this journal is great because... It's one of those things where she'll be like, oh, th- this is this is the day that we, you know, got back from this trip with our friends that we went yeah. to. Or, oh, this was the this is the day that Dan said his first word. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just nice because it's that constant reminder of like kind of where we are mm-hmm. within time uh, that like what these relationships are to the things we were or hope to be. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, it it gives the picture of now but it puts now in relation to the past and future in a sense that is really helpful um, because sometimes I think it's hard for us when we're taking inventory, it's hard for us just to look at a thing and say, oh, this is what I've got. Mm-hmm. Like I think um, it also is going to involve not just a, a sort of inventory, but it's going to involve maybe even asking other folks. Like it might involve some community, mm-hmm. you know, because we're not always the best judge of what we have or yeah. don't have. Because we we do exist largely aspirationally as humans, especially mm-hmm. within like creative spaces, because we're like, oh, I'm I'm X, and, and we might have friends who are like, yeah, you want to be, but you're not that yet. So it's like, what are you now? And sometimes we might really just you know say piss off to like some of the really amazing things about us and mm-hmm. the things we should be most grateful for, where our friends could be like, no, you're actually like really really great at these sort of things. Yeah, like, these are wonderful skills and traits and abilities you have. Um, so, uh, or it just could be circumstantial, like, like your living situation, your relationship, yeah. like trying to get some people to help you see those things, mm-hmm. you know? And I think, so, you know, if you talk about inventory, like it's great to like take those notes and kind of understand what's going on and put down the, the hopes and aspirations and things you have. But I think it's also good to have other people help you do that as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean like, shoot, if y'all would, if y'all could ever be privy to the hundreds of hours more of conversation that Ryan and I have that are not a part of the recording, um, like 
this is the sort of stuff uh, he and I talk about a lot of like kind of helping each other understand and see things from different points mm-hmm. of view and whatnot. And that's the, that's the beauty of a friendship is that you not only can be grateful for the person and the friendship and all that sort of stuff, but it can actually help you understand a bit more about yourself. Um, that gratitude can be there um, and actually understand what it is you have to offer and what it is because the way that other people see you, especially the people you love and trust, is going to be really helpful to you understanding like who you are. Yeah. Because we don't exist in a vacuum. Yeah. Uh, our skills are not in a vacuum. Our practices, our professions are not in a vacuum. They're always in relation to other people mm-hmm. in the community that we're a part of. Yeah. 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 So I would I would say like in closing, like um, a partial way of thinking about gr- gratitude relates to peace is that gratitude. Peace is not the absence of difficulty, like, or the absence of war, although that is something, right? Uh, what I, I want to say that peace is the positive presence um, that enables gratitude. It's, it's, it's a positive reality, meaning it's not a negative reality in the sense that there's nothing there, and that makes it peaceful. It's the positive presence of something difficult to put your finger on that um, vitalizes your life in positions you to the point of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, it's cryptic and I want to say more, but I'm saying at a minimum, like, so like, uh, it's the, it's the salient contributions of, you know, your community, the mm-hmm. people you're around. It's the, it's the totality of that, which is, um, that works for your flourishing mm-hmm. in the dynamic sense. That is peace. Peace is not a, a static state where you're living in limbo or neutral. Cool. It's actually something far more substantial, which, you know, for another day, maybe we'll get into. But at a minimum, it's just to say that um, because you've you've had many seasons of if, if you've, you're like me, you've had many seasons of depression where nothing's going on. It's a ceasefire. Nothing's mm-hmm. going on. But you don't have peace. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't. And so it's 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 something much more substantial mm-hmm. that I think is wedded to gratitude. So with oh, that, yeah. I don't know if we have anything. No, I think else that's great. Yeah. I think because they're yeah, the, the idea of peace as non-neutral but as actually active is a huge, I think a huge good like um, period or exclamation point at the yeah. end of it is that you know gratitude doesn't get you to inert. Yeah, like gratitude gets you to active. Yep, um, and it actually gets you much more involved in that. Uh, an, an ungrateful spirit is actually one that's going to make you more and more atrophied yep. in any sort of social sense whatsoever. Yeah. Um, which we see in Scrooge. So it's yep. a, you know, perfect kind of well-rounded way is like the lack of gratitude that we see in Scrooge and the Christmas Carol is why he is not doing anything, has no friends or anything yeah, else. He's it's a contributor away. to that All that situation. money in his house is still cold. That's right. Yeah. Still freezing to death and getting colds and everything. So yeah. Um, Hopefully got you some stuff to kind of chew on and think through um, and sit with until our next ghost comes a calling. And uh, until then, you are a fantastic audience. We do love you all, and we will catch you next time. Peace. You've been listening to Shaco Art Speak, a production of Shaco Art Space. We are an independent, nonprofit art gallery in Richmond, Virginia. We can be found online at shacoartspace.com and in real life in historic Shaco Bottom.